a uh, video this morning of two of the ministries that we two of the many ministries that we support. Uh, Paul and Ashley Perry in uh, Belo Horizonte, Brazil, and, and also they've got a campus in Manaus, which is a headwaters of the Amazon. If you saw those ships, Paul bought those ships just the whole, and he built all of it. He's got a, a medical missions ship that they send up the river. They've got another ship that they send up. They pull behind them four water well drilling rigs and concrete mixes. And when they get as far as they can go in that ship, they go out and they drill wells. And wherever they drill the well, they mix up concrete and they make a concrete slab right beside the water. Because clean water is, it, it's huge. It, you know, we're, we're, we're fortunate here, but, but in most third world nations, the water, they have to boil it before they can drink it. And, uh, but, uh, but with the wells, it helps. And wherever there's water, there's people that gather. And we also place a pastor there so they can preach the gospel. As a, as a hook, everything, in, in, everything in ministry, everything in foreign mission is a hook to get them to Jesus, period. That's what it is. You know, we, well, the Word should do that. that. We're using the Word to do that. We're using everything that we can. And then you look at, at Tanya and Lubo. They were just here not long ago. But they're building the largest full gospel church in Eastern Europe. People, in 1989, that's when the wall fell. I don't know. Y'all are not going to. Anyway, I'll preach this side. So, no. They were under communism. They were under Soviet rule up until 1989. And now that Russia's invaded the Ukraine, Russia has said it wants all of its, its, its countries back. And it's coming for Bulgaria. And they're believing in prayer. I mean, they've got churches all over Eastern Europe they've, they've planted. And uh, they just do such a wonderful work. And since this is Missions Month, we're going to talk about missions. And Junior said, you're preaching in two weeks on missions. I said, cool, I don't have to study. <laughs> You know, but then I got into it, and I'm not ever going to stand before y'all unprepared purpose, purposely. But um, we have a problem today, logistics problem. I can't find my iPad. And I wrote my message down, and it's small, so I have to wear glasses to read my own writing. That is a sign that you're over the hill. But I believe that when you're over the hill, you're just picking up speed. So. Oh, the importance of missions. This is a, y'all know this, this is a passion of mine. Foreign missions is a passion for me. It fills me. It, 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 it makes me better. It's the thing, it's, it's, it's the catalyst that just fuels me. For some reason, it, it just does. So why is foreign mission so important? Everybody thinks that everything here is the same as it is over there. Let me give you some facts. The fact is that the United States of America contains approximately 6% of the world's population. Six. But they account for 94% of the world's pastors. And out of those pastors, less than 90% even own a passport. 
You think it's important? Yeah. We're doing a lot of work that we need, that, that all churches should be doing, and they're not doing. God never told us to build a church. He told us to build a world outreach center, and that's what we built. And, and it starts with next door. That's a mission. The food pantry is a mission. Generation House is a mission. Simply serve. I mean, oh, going and on and on and on and on. We're not doing just world missions. We're doing world missions because our world is here as well as there. It's, it's amazing to me that people say, well, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done here before we go over there. You heard that one? Oh, I have. I said, well, just read your Bible. It says... Jesus' final words, Mark, go, bring up Mark 16, 15. Um, Jesus' final words in his earthly ministry were this. It was not an afterthought. It was his final thought on earth, and this is what he said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. You can call it the great commission if you want but i call it the great command jesus is commanding us he didn't ask, he didn't ask us he, he didn't ask them he said his last words on earth were this isn't that crazy it's crazy to me that 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 that, that people say you know what we got a lot of stuff going on here we need a new steeple on the church Need to build a, a, a need to build a, a gym for them boys and girls to play basketball in. Nothing wrong with gyms. I'm just picking. I'm just picking. There's nothing wrong with that. I want stuff for our kids to do. We're fixing to build a big thing in the back for for youth and and kids. But you don't have to finish here before you start somewhere else. You get to do it all at the same time equally and then you'll fulfill Mark 16, 15. Because it doesn't say, go to Japan and leave Menden alone. It says, go everywhere. Why is it, do you think, all the people that are preaching salvation... 94% of the world's population, or 94% of the uh, pastors live in the United States of of America. They don't own a passport because they don't get this. I think if you're a pastor and you don't own a a passport, I'm going to look right at you. You're wrong. It's not what God intended. Therefore, I've made some pastors mad. They need to be made mad. What would God say to them if they would listen? It ain't easy doing what we do. But it's a necessity. It is, it is in our church's DNA to go and to do. What's my favorite saying? Do something. What do I do more than anything else? I go. 
Well, go and I do. That's my life. People, people pick at me. You know, do something, guy. Do something, do something, do something. That's, but that's, that's, the, that's the only revelation I ever really needed. I mean, I've got several more, but, but that's the only one I really needed. Jesus never says stay. He always says go. He's a go God. Oh. I was um, I was with Egan in Tanzania, and you know you got to you got to have an extra large gas tank in those things because you may go hundreds of miles whatever coming in running electricity, or you have to carry gas cans on your roof or something. That's what I've got on my Jeep. I've got I've got extra gas cans when if I somewhere I need gas. There's no electricity. I once drove with Egan over 700 miles one way, and we never saw a single electric line. No electricity. Over 700 miles. The world needs Egan Fox and Jerry Lackeys and Paul Perry's and, and you. How many, how, how many folks? No, don't worry. I did it, so I can raise my hand. How many of you will drive 700 miles one way in the bush? If your car broke down, good chance you're going to die. They do it every day. They put their life on the line. The least we can do is support them. Ah. Last year... At the this Bush Pastors Conference in Botswana, and they got a hold of one thing that I said, and they latched on to it. And I wish every church in America would do the same as, as, as those simple Bush Pastors. If a woman has the ability to reproduce herself once per year, so should the church. I said that, and they got it. They're building, there were 16 pastors. They're, they're working on 16 churches right now. And then next year it'll be 32. Then it'll be 64. And then, yeah, I don't know, I don't know doing math in triple figures there. So they <laughs> Josh Ramley for that. No. <laughs> 128. But every year there's going to be more and more and more and more. Why? Because they got a hold of one revelation. Reproduce yourself. Reproduce yourself. Reproduce yourself. Ginger and I, uh, well, uh, we met with uh, Dr. Carmen years and years and years ago. And he said, make sons and make daughters. And at the time, since then, you know, Josh and Emily and Terry and Brandon, I mean, on and on and on. But the original ones were Chris and Jessica and Josh and Emily. He said, pour your life into them and see what transpires. He said, they're quality people. You're going to see them do great things. And I have. I have. They do, I mean, my gosh, out here yesterday, Josh and Emily are, are professors. My goodness. Big brain people. How in the world could they connect to me? You know? <laughs> oh. I'm going to explain to you The importance of world missions. 
If you walked, or if you were walking down the road and you saw ten men and they were trying to move a log and move it out of the road, and you had nine men on one end and one man on the other end, which end would you get on to do the most good? That's world missions. Ninety percent of the work is done by ten percent of the people. It's, it's, it's pretty much a 10% thing is basically across the, the world, just churches. I mean, if you had, if you had 50% of churches that were reproducing themselves, that were going to foreign missions for people that didn't have enough money to eat, did you know that, less, that over 70% of the world's population live on less than a dollar a day? That's just nuts. But that's the world. We're, we're, we are so blessed. Even though we've got this crazy, duh, come on, man, president. <laughs> How many of y'all saw my Facebook post on, about the Beatles song? <laughs> thought it was funny. <laughs> Compares Joe Biden to a Beatles song. Anyway. <laughs> oh goodness but we're the 10% church we're the 10% church we're going to build churches we're building over we're building right now I think 21 churches around the world 21 this year it's amazing you know why we're doing taking up taking such a big chunk of that because nobody else take it is taking a chunk. It's just not there. There's God has us on a mission. For God so loved the world that he made his only begotten son a missionary. Mm. I want to read something to you. I wrote this in 2000. I've even got it right here. Read page 21. Um, I wrote this on an airplane between Sydney, Australia, and Los Angeles, California. I don't Somewhere. It's a big area. But this is what I wrote in 2002. We have done everything except what Jesus told us to do. He never told us to build seminaries, hospitals, nursing homes, Sunday school buildings, organize youth rallies, but we have and we should have. But the one thing he told us to do is the one thing we have left undone in Mark 16, 15. Bring it back up. If this is Jesus' final thought, if this is Jesus' final command... This is what our spirituality and our success is based off of, based off of what he said here, his final thought on earth. And we should have built those things, but the one thing we have told us to do is the one thing we've left undone, which is Mark 16, 15. By this and this alone, we must judge all spirituality, not doctrines or theological discussions, if our doctrines are scriptural, we will put world missions 
first. All of our Bible knowledge, all of our spirituality, all of our doctrinal standards are make-believe unless we are putting first things first. If the king is to return and reign, we must finish the task. If God had only one son, he made him a missionary. Acts 1.8, you got that? Pull that up real quick. Acts 1.8. Oh, that's more. I'm sorry, I should have done that. But you receive power after the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And he shall be witnesses to me in, where were they at at the time of this? They were in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, do it all, everywhere, all the time. Don't pick one. He says, now, let's read it again. I'll read it where it's home. But you receive power if the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Menden, in Louisiana, in the United States, and to the end of the earth. That's what that scripture means. We are to be missionaries everywhere we go. Foreign missions just strikes chord with me because there's so few participants. And I want to I do as much as I can in the areas that are lacking. I don't fit in American churches. I know that. I don't. <laughs> Never have. But I can say that about a lot of folks. I say T.L. Osborne, after a certain age, he said, I'm not preaching anymore in the United States. They just don't like me. He preached to more people face-to-face than any man in the history of the world. Had zero patience with, him, with America. He said, we're spoiled. We're rotten. And we're rottening the church. He was a guy was genius. To reach natives, I just got to say this. I want y'all to. I want to put something in your mind. I want you to take this into perspective. Okay. In America. In America, we refuse to do business with people that have human rights issues. Right? And y'all have heard that. You don't want to do. Oh no, we can't. We can't be a part of that. They're not, they're, the human. They're, they're not. They're not being good to their people. We stole a whole freaking country from the American Indians, and we start pointing our finger at somebody else that's doing. So- it's easy if you're not involved in foreign missions, to blame people for things. Until you go and you see it, you, when you see it, you realize what type of hypocrite you thought, you, you look back on your life and you think, what a hypocrite I've been. That's, that's the way it was to me. I'm not calling you all hypocrites. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when your eyes are open to, to an international not just a national, but an international vision. You see things differently. Your eyes are open to, 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 to a lot of things. I mean, we've got the greatest stolen nation on earth. 
I'll put it to you like this. The Indians were great horsemen. Why? It was mobile food. Mobile food. How did the horses get here? Conquistadors. They brought them here. And the Indians just fell in love with them. You know, we got mobile food. We don't have to walk anymore. And, and it, if we get hungry, we just kill the horse and eat it. You see, in America, we look at other nations in judgment instead of servitude. We think we're all high and mighty, but look at our history, look at our past, see what we did. We, we, we're full of ourselves. We think our gospel is better than everybody else. We think our nation's better than everybody else. We think, I don't have that view. I'm proud of where I'm from, but I do realize that there's mistakes. Any, I mean, my gosh, look who we got. <laughs> I mean, everybody, every nation has its struggles, but we're no better than another nation just because we're richer than them. Botswana is a very poor nation. Very poor. But they're reaching 12,000 kids a week because they can go into the schools and we can't go down to our own schools and we're supposed to be a Christian nation. Are we hypocrites? Yeah. Yep, we are. And God we trust is on our money, but it's not in our hearts. We've got a great life. If I'm, I'm telling you, if some of the people that I deal with on a, uh, over, overseas, if they could come here and get on welfare, they'd be living like a king. You see, that's why when I go into a nation, it's, I immerse myself in their culture just like Jesus did when he left his home and came into our culture. He came in no better. He, didn't, he wanted to serve. He didn't want to lord over anybody. He wanted to serve. That's what missionaries do. They leave the comfort of the United States and they go and they live a hard life. Some people make it. Mean, Jerry's done well for himself, you know, because he's a businessman as well. But their ministry, there's no part of uh, Botswana, Nibia, I'm sorry, Nambia, Zambia, Zimbabwe. There's no part of those nations that, he, that him and Jan, uh, Jana have not reached because they know their mission and they know their targets. People take offense with that term too. Yeah, I'm targeting a group of people, lost people. Don't make light of that. Hi, right. oh gosh, man, I'm but wide of time and I ain't even got to my second point. Okay, here we go. Here, go to Matthew 10, 41, 42. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So 
I've got a supporter, a Baptist guy, big Baptist guy, and he does not believe anything like me other than salvation. But he supports me every month and has for years. And I asked him several years ago, I said, I said, man, you're Baptist. I said, why, 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 why do you support me? He said, I don't believe everything you believe. He said, but I know that a lot of people get saved through your ministry overseas. I said, yeah, they do. I said, but, but, why, not, but why are you supporting me instead of Baptist ministry? He said, oh, I believe in your ability to reach those people. I've never met a Baptist that can reach them. Uh, that's not true, but that's what he believed. Prophet's reward. If you give a dollar to help a missionary, you get the same reward that they get. You don't have to get a cracked neck and catch malaria a couple of times being five or four Ebola outbreaks. You don't need to nearly drown in the South Pacific. You don't have to do all that. There's people to do it for you. How shall they preach except they be sent? So God figured out a way. He said, you know what? Those that are going to send, I'm going I'm to prosper them too. They're going to get the same reward that that prophet, that prophet got. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't make sense, does it? Not one bit of sense. <laughs> In Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16, <laughs> it's a story about a, uh, a guy that's trying to find somebody to work for him. And he went, and he went to the market early in the morning and he found some people that he wanted to go to work. He said, I'm paying you a denarius or a dollar a day. And they said, sure, we'll work. And they go out there and they work all day long. But the guy looks out there around noontime and it's just, it's, the work's just too much for the amount of people. So he goes back into the market and he gets somebody else and he says, can you come to work? Sure, how much are you paying? I'll pay you a, I'll pay you a denarius. Well, then at close to the end of the day, a guy walks up and he said, can I work? He said, yeah, get out there and work. This is all, it's all in Matthew. I just don't have time to read 16 scriptures. And uh, so at the end of the day, he gives every person there a dollar, a denarius. And the ones that have been working all day said, whoa! No. You're going to pay me more because I worked twice as long as they did. He said, and that guy didn't work but an hour and a half. And he's getting the same thing I get paid for working 10 hours. I'm, that's, that's crazy. Jesus said, I made a deal with each one of you. And you're sticking to the deal. You see, God bases things not over time spent, but over sacrifice. That's the reason he figured out, he shows us in the Bible, and, and this is how we understand that a prophet 
If you support a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Isn't it cool that there's a way that God can bless you while you're blessing somebody? Well, that's a Bible from front to back. In blessing will I bless you. Ginger's one of our favorite scriptures. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that I get to do that, that everybody else doesn't get to do is I get to see the world when I go to the world. I mean, I've been, gosh, from Rio to Sydney to Buenos Aires, Kilimanjaro to Serengeti, Papua New Guinea, Amsterdam. I mean, you know, everywhere. But I'm traveling through. I'm not traveling to. I get to see a lot of things because I'm busy, because that's where I'm headed. If I'm going to, like Ginger and I were in um, Bulgaria, we flew back through Rome. We stopped for two days there, and then we came home. Paris. What did I say? Oh, wait, it was Paris. She's wrong. It was, no, I'm joking. Yeah, Paris. Uh, you know, no big deal. When you get to go to Africa, you know what you're going to see? Animals. Because they're everywhere. And most of them are trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to scare on missionaries, but you know, you know, a deer, a bear, a wolf, if they see you. Huh? Oh, yeah, I got charged by an elephant twice. And monkey, yeah, I'm always, monkeys every trip. Every trip. I'm stupid baboons with the monkeys. They hate me. And I hate them right back. That's not the reason that I go. It's to, the, reason I, the reason I go is not to see those things. Some of the stuff I don't even like, you know. I mean, that's not the reason that I go. But um, the reason I go is this. In John 4, you hear the story of the woman at the well. We all know the story. Jesus goes up. He has a conversation with her. You know, and she ends up evangelizing ten cities, this woman did. You know, um, but what happened was Jesus was at the, at the well by himself, and this woman comes up, and they begin this conversation. But what happened, the reason was he was by himself is because the disciples had gone into town to get something to eat for him. And they came back, and... <laughs> In verse 31, we got it, yeah. Rabbi 8, 32 said, I, this is one of my favorite scriptures, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples, uh, go to 34. Right here, right here. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What are you created for? Good works. Man, this stuff feeds me. I go over there and I'm, okay, cool. Once I step on foreign soil, I'm the most excited guy in the world. 
I don't I can't explain it. I preach different, I act different. It's a, it's a food that fuels me. I love it. And some of y'all are going to go and you're going to love it too. Some of you, maybe not, but that's okay. There's plenty of work to do. You don't have to do that particular work just because I like it. But that's what feeds me. Man, I... I Everywhere I go, I'm talking about, about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. That's a, that's, a, that's a full scope of my conversation when I'm on foreign soil a lot of the time. Because why? Because that's the reason I'm there. To reach as many people as I possibly can. To, set, to, to plant as many seeds as I possibly can. To water or fertilize whatever seed's been planted in somebody. It fuels me. It's the food that you know not of that fills me. That's why I'm so passionate about it. I mean, I could sit here and tell you stories all the time. I mean, from now till this time tomorrow, I could tell you stories of adventures and, and, and close calls and, and a lot of things that have happened. Um, I just don't have time to tell you. But I will tell you one. I was in an... Uh, city of Dar es Salaam, which is on the Indian Ocean in Tanzania, and I had to go to the, I was going to the Congo, and I had to go into the, Cong, the Congolese embassy. And uh, they told me, they said, take $100, because that's how much the, the uh, visa is going to cost you. If you take any money in there with you, those Congolese guards will rob you. So I had one of them little safes in my put all the money in it, except for $100, I go in and I get my visa. I go out, start to walk out, two Congolese guards with billy clubs. Give me your money. I'm smart. I don't have any money, so I just put on pot. I don't have any money. That was not the right thing to do. The right thing to do was to bring $200 and give them $100 to keep from beating the snot out of you because that's exactly what happens. <laughs> but the people that gave to support me going to that, they didn't feel the pain, but they still get the same blessing that I get when I had to take it. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Isn't that so much God showing you just how much that, that, that he, loves, he loves people? That he took Jesus' final words and figured out a way to make it work for everybody. That's so cool to me. That is so cool to me. Yahweh, absolutely. Mm. I get addicted to this stuff. I could preach on it all the time. I'm, I got to stop. So what I want to do, we're, we're offering when the end of the month, the last, the last Sunday of the month. Pray about what you're going to give in the missions for in, at the end of March. You know, it's going to help. It's going to send some people to reach people.
I don't know how many, God, it's got to be over a million, way over a million. All the people that I've been in ministry with, that I've seen come to Jesus, it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of people. I mean, Egan's got over a thousand recorded, I mean, over a million recorded salvations just in Tanzania. And about 10% of the people get saved actually register. I mean, it could be 8, 10 million people. T.L. Osborne. I mean, my gosh, we did crusades. I mean, Rob did crusade with me. We had 91,000 people doing one altar call. 90,000 people. I don't know if you know it, but there is a spiritual pouring out of the Holy Ghost going on around the world. It's crazy. I'm telling you, I've never said this from the pulpit, but he's coming. Sooner than I thought. Jesus is coming. This is what we this is what he wrote about. Look at everything that's going on. They're getting ready for the battle in Jerusalem. In the last ten years, there's 153 flesh eating birds, not native to Jerusalem, have shown up there getting ready for the battle of Armageddon to clean it up. I mean, I, there's so many things. So many things. And if we can make it happen faster, world missions is the way. It's not sitting at pew on Sunday morning and put your $20 in an envelope. It's get up and go and do. Type of God we serve. Go and do. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. For all the men and women, Father, that I've been in ministry with over, overseas, Father, I just thank you for 